With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. I just want to start the show tonight in thanking all of the Red vs. Blue faithful for all of the donated phones. Uh, they came in every day. My wife would come out and, and be like, hey, you got another phone. And somehow or another, it's just the love and support that we get from all of our the faithful, the crew here at Red vs. Blue. Thank you so much. Mikey, everybody wants to know uh, which of the phones that we sent you out of that big box, which one did you pick out and uh, what, what are you using right now? I'm using the Galaxy. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you loud and clear. <laughs> Thank goodness. Using the, <laughs> you, using the Galaxy, work, what do you think about Man, now, now what you have in the palm of your hand can can just do so many things. For, well, let's, let's, this is a clean show. But it's, it can be a flashlight. It can be a it, ruler. It can be a level. Uh, it, can, it can be a, 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 bar, a barcode scanner. It can surf the web. It can do all kinds of calendar for you. It can do so many things for you, Mike. But the one thing it needs to do for you is to be a phone. And hopefully, uh, you know, the fans of Red vs. Blue, they came through for you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Scott. You know, it's kind of frustrating. I'm I'm an old school guy. And, you know, I kept with the old school phone for forever. And uh, so I went ahead and uh, got this phone. And I still don't know. it. I hope it makes it through the show. Mobile app startup, Mike, I sent you a good one, so no, no more payphone, buddy. So hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue Friday Night Football, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. We've got a lot to get to. If, Mike, are you are you you got me on speakerphone or something now? I'm, I'm hearing myself. You have, you have the computer on, on the Red vs. Blue show. Mike. Okay. All right. So Mike, um, Mike's up to his old antics. Here's what we're gonna do, gang. We got a lot to cover. This show is brought to you by FFToolbox.com. Uh, thanks to, to those uh, good guys at FF Toolbox for making uh, Red versus Blue a part of the program. You got to check out FFToolbox.com for uh, well, pretty much the uh, world famous cheat sheet rankings. Over a hundred websites participated and battled for the 2012 title of most accurate, and only one finished on top, fftoolbox.com, the rankings you can trust. Uh, you can check them out there. The, o- the other thing that I find real compelling on FF Toolbox, if you go to the Fantasy Football Tools, uh, there is uh, a couple of things I'll direct you to. There's a high-stakes average draft position, very useful tool. I don't think there's a lot of these out there uh, that break down the high-stakes ADP uh, where the guys are drafting them in real money drafts. And, look, a lot of times when you're looking at ADP, you're not looking at current information, and you're not looking at information that's actual completed drafts. A lot of people go on auto-pick. You start to see some stuff. That ADP that you're looking at is where guys that are spending big-time money on their fantasy drafts, where they're drafting their players. 
Uh, so it shows you that Adrian Peterson is one, Doug Martin is two, and Calvin Johnson is three, Jamal Charles four. Some names that might surprise you, but from the high stakes community, for the most part, they're out uh, they're out for blood and they're going for the for the big names. You'll also find on FF Toolbox something that is catching the fantasy world by storm. It's the mock draft simulator, uh, powered by fantasy pros. Uh, we 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 love this tool so much that we said, hey, you know what? Uh, let's get the early draft slots out today uh, on Wednesday for the Fantasy Football World Championship. Everybody got their draft slots. You now know uh, in the World Championship where you're going to be drafting from, whether it be in Vegas or online. You now know what draft position you have uh, if you have your team uh, paid for in full. In addition to that, you can start mocking and practicing from that draft slot. Just open up the mock draft simulator. And in minutes, you can start drafting and have a team and just start to really analyze what's the best strategy to go about it. Uh, running back heavy, running back wide receiver mix, maybe foregoing the wide receiver uh, running backs and taking wide receivers. So the simulator allows you to do that. And then there's going to be a really cool game coming out. Maybe as early as tomorrow, the Mock Draft World Championship begins, Mike, for $5. You could enter the Mock Draft World Championship and uh, lot, lots of cool stuff there. But basically... If you're a fantasy fan, you're going to want to enter this and probably enter it multiple times because at the end of the day, this contest, the way it works is you mock. If you like your team, you can enter it. Mock till you're happy, baby. Draft till you're happy. That's what the uh, Mock Draft World Championship is all about. And I'm done rambling about toolbox. What's going on in your world, Mike? Did we lose, Mike? You're kidding, right? <laughs> Hold on, Mike. Wait, you're you're back. Can you hear me now? Mike Trent. Hello, Mike. Okay. Uh, Fancy Assassins is in the chat room. Get paddled. Welcome. Hawk and roll. Ian Ritchie is with us. Henry Muto, LSU Fanatic, Mobile App, Startup, Urinal, Mint, and Wayne Ellis. Thank you guys for coming out. Uh, Mike is apparently having phone problems again. Let's, Let's just go ahead and get the buzz meter going. Hi, Fancy Assassins. The cruises uh, are in the chat room as well. Uh, it's a good good night when we have the cruise uh, the cruise family here in the uh, in the chat room. Here's what I did. I just put a link to the Tuesday night draft and go. We have this draft. We're going to take a look at it tonight. Uh, look at it from a high stakes perspective. All the different um, dynamics that we have of. The draft. These drafts are powered by My Fantasy League, the award-winning software from MyFantasyLeague.com. They have a really cool color-coded draft board that you can check out and watch the draft live as it happens. Uh, you will notice running back heavy, right, in the first round. That's what we're seeing a lot of this year. Jimmy Graham did go in the first round of this draft, as well as Calvin Johnson and Des Bryant at 12, but for the most part, nine running backs. And if you look there at the very back end of the first round, Matt Forte was taken at 111, so uh, very interesting to see that Matt Forte uh, is is being drafted at that level. Uh, what happens when you don't take a when you don't take a running back early? Uh, look at the end of the draft there. Des Bryant was taken at 112. You still get Marshawn Lynch, uh, so that's not a bad consolation prize considering Marshawn Lynch is a top five running back uh, with the way he's been running the ball. Now, will he catch the ball as much as uh, he needs to to compete? Obviously, the touchdowns have been powering the way for Marshawn Lynch uh, for quite some time. Uh, and, and last year, uh, definitely a presence on the field uh, inside the red zone. Uh, but in PPR leagues, it is nice to have those backs that catch the ball. Uh, the Arian Fosters, the Trent Richardsons, the Ray Rices, LaShawn McCoys, the C.J. Spillers, Charles's, Martins, Fortes, you know, pretty much your first round. Very much, very heavy in the uh, in the receptions for those for those running backs. Let's see if if we have Mike back on here because here I am rambling and Mike is gone again. <laughs> I saw him in the chat room pop in and now he's gone. Uh, that is uh, red versus blue tonight. So hey, it looks like I'm flying solo, which I don't mind. Let's go ahead and uh, keep that draft board up. We're going to talk a little bit about the the draft uh, that happened on Tuesday night, and we're also going to talk about some fantasy news, and I think the big story on everybody's mind is Percy Harvin. And, you know, it's a it's a very uh, troubling situation for people who have 
drafted for uh, drafted Percy Harvin in dynasty leagues. Obviously, if you're just now starting looking at fantasy football, you haven't drafted, so not a big deal. It's a situation that you want to watch. But Pete Carroll did come out and say Percy Harvin is out for the season if he needs surgery. Uh, that hip surgery for a torn labrum, a partially torn labrum. Uh, if you have hip surgery, he said it's a lot longer than the season. Hip surgery, he's not going to play for the season, and that is – uh, very uh, difficult to hear if you're a Seahawks fan. What does that mean? Uh, to me, it means you have Sidney Rice, you have Golden Tate, you have the exact same team you had last year that made a very deep run uh, that looked like, one, if not the uh, the most dominant team in there, uh, if, if it weren't for uh, a hot Atlanta team at home. So, look, that's a uh, that, that team is in good shape. Even if Percy Harvin, we wish him the best. Mike Trent is still trying to get back. Mike, you're using the new Galaxy, and you're already having problems and just causing causing me a fit. What's going on, man? Man, I, I'm I'm, I'm going to try to give you a break here, man. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know about these new phones and all this stuff, but, uh, you know, I, I have no idea what you just said. I, I just called the very last bit of it, but uh, – there's a lot of good stuff that's uh, going to happen here, and uh, can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine, man. I just I don't understand. Here, for everybody at home last week, um, Mike's phone was causing him fits. It was it was so annoying. It was so loud. Every time he, time he tried to talk, it was like a loud reverb, like just a real nasty sound that would come out, and it was just it was causing people to just want to turn their turn it or change the channel. And we got so much hate mail, Mike. I mean, I don't know how much hate mail. I let Aaron read it. Uh, the kids, they were crying when they were reading it. And then the, the, the Red vs. Blue faithful, they do the nice thing. We've got mobile app startup in the chat room. He sends you a phone. We get five other phones this week, all, all ready to go. You're sitting there with a, brand, with, a, with a Galaxy phone, man. It doesn't get any better than Galaxy, yeah. and you still yeah. are having yeah. problems. I'm still having problems. And furthermore, I'm holding it to my ear. I'm used to just setting it down and being able to uh, get on my laptop and and do the things I need to do. But I I'm holding I'm holding it to my ears so we can keep this red versus blue going on. So what's going on? All right. Well, we are talking about Percy Harvin. Uh, we, Percy we have Harvin, a couple of new- well, he's not going to last. Yeah, that's uh, that's what we're talking about, man. You know, look, torn uh, <laughs> labrum already. And uh, this is uh, this is an issue. At the same time, I don't know if a lot of people knew this or not, but yesterday, and I was I was kind of on top of it on Twitter. But at the same time that the Harvard news was breaking, AJ Green was down on the ground for like ten minutes, and he was just late. You know, they didn't know what was wrong. Uh, it, it turns out that he is fine after tweaking his knee, but it gave us a scare. And fortunately, it was only a scare. But he went down on Thursday's practice. He stayed down for a couple of minutes. He did walk away from his own power. And they did have an MRI on the left knee, revealed no structural damage. This, this is a, Mike, I tell you, this is a very tense time for football. As soon as training camps happen, everybody starts coming alive. If you, on the website right now, there's literally hundreds of people uh, sitting here. As I'm watching on FF Toolbox uh, Analytics, there's hundreds of people on the site right now. And it's 9 o'clock on a Friday night. You'd think there'd be other things to do, but instead people want to know what's going on in fantasy. And, you start hearing about no-shows, like Mike Goodson is a no-show in camp, and Chris Ivory's already out with hamstring soreness. And every single story that you hear, how much faith do you put in this stuff that you hear right now? Well, right now, you know, I put a lot of uh, I put a lot of stock into the good things, not necessarily the bad things. For instance, uh, Des Bryant, uh, Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I'm hearing nothing but good stuff out of this guy. I mean, I mean, he could be really, uh, you know, he could be climbing up the uh, draft boards big time. Uh, I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of uh, wide receivers that are going to be huge, but this guy could be something else. Uh, at this stage of the game, uh, the ones that you hear the bad about, those are the ones that you might want to stay away from because – you know, it's uh, what July 26th, and uh, it's about time. It's about time for these guys to be ready. Or if they're not ready, then uh, a month from now, they're not going to be there. Oh, uh, so look, um, I, there's a lot going on in the in the in the world here of the training camps and the National Football League around. I mean, look, we hear a story about Ravens wide receiver Deontay Thompson that he's looking fast and confident. 
that he is showcasing his speed. He he looks like he's gelling with Joe Flacco. And you don't have a wide receiver, too, there now that Bolden is gone. So you're you're trying to look and read through and sift through the stories like Deontay Thompson. He never did much on the field at Florida. He had 38 receptions as a junior. It was his best year. But he was a track star, and he ran a sub-4-340 at his pro day. So he got real speed, and Caldwell says that that's, he's not just all speed. A lot of track guys are. He's a good route runner, and he's tough. He's a very deep, he's a deep, deep sleeper. And he might be one of those guys that we like to call stash and cash, Mike. And the 20th round, your last right. pick, somebody you could just take a flyer on, let him sit there and see what happens. Torrey Smith is pretty much a one-trick pony, right? I mean, don't we all agree? Or does he have more game there? He seems to me like – so like a Mike Wallace, like you know what you're getting from him. He's a, he's a deep ball guy, but if you're expecting a lot more from him, you're probably going to be let down. This these types of stories start coming out, and you're like, okay, well, who's going to be my stash and cash in in round twenty? That's that's kind of what's uh, on my mind tonight. Okay, well, uh, first off, if you, if you take the Baltimore Ravens, uh, take them for the example, like you're like you're laying out, uh, they'll be lucky to win. Eight, nine games. Say they win nine. Say they're going nine and seven. Uh, most of their uh, wins will be via the ground game. I don't see a lot coming from the uh, passing game. Uh, they're they're, recon- they're reconstructing what they're doing. So uh, if they go nine and seven, then uh, it's going to be mostly on the ground game. But I see them as an eight and eighteen. Mike, you know, I think everybody's giving Flacco a little bit of a hard time. I mean, obviously the jokes uh, uh, were throughout the off season talking about he's elite, what have you. You know, 3,800 yards, uh, 22 touchdowns, that's not elite, right? Uh, especially with the quarterbacks today that are throwing for 4,025, you know. Um, but he is a growing quarterback. And, and, and first off of a Super Bowl win, the thing that I like to think about with, with the Ravens is opportunity because – if you lose that kind of a defensive, uh, you know, the defensive presence in Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, among others, on that defense, and you're totally rebuilding the defense, what's that usually mean, Mike? Usually means you're going to be playing from behind. And if the Ravens are playing from behind, Joe Flacco's throwing the ball. You're not running Ray Rice when you're, when you're you no. know, you might, Ray Rice might be catching dumpers. It's not an indictment. That, it's not, it's not no bad news against Ray Rice. He's still going to be involved uh, through the through the little dumpers and everything, but that means Flacco's going to be asked to throw. So I think people are a little bit down on Flacco for really no reason. They, you know, they yes, they're going to be worse as a team, but fantasy-wise, I think Flacco improves on last year. And 4,100 yards and 25 touchdowns would not surprise me from Joe Flacco. You know what? Uh, I kind of disagree with you, Scott. Uh, it's not that they're going to be playing from behind all the time. They're going to play the game between the 20s. It's going to be uh, it's it's going to be a slow type of game. They're going to uh, they're going to do everything they can to use uh, Ray Rice and and those other backs. I mean, there's going to be a lot of things going on. It's not that they're like uh, wanting to win. They're just going to try to use their defense and everything else involved to try not to lose. If that makes sense. Well, we'll see. Uh, look, there's a <laughs> there's a lot of fun stuff in the chat room right now. Uh, the crew at Red vs. Blue keeping everybody entertained. Uh, there's a, I just, there's just so much news here. I don't know where to really start, Mike. It's coming from all over. Chiefs wide receiver Dwayne Bowe placed on the non-football illness list. Is that a story? Not really. Non-football Not illness? Really. Uh, what is that? Well, it, I, you got the flu? I, yeah, uh, I don't know. You, you got the flu, right? You're, you're on the non-football illness list. Why do you even need a list for that? Um, Chris Ivory out with hamstring soreness. Now, this kind of story actually means something That's to me, Mike, big. because, yeah, what it means to me, you know, and I think to most people, and I'll, and I'll let you chime in, but what it means to me is he can't shake this label. No matter, they bring him in, they don't pay him a lot of money. He basically takes a, a deal that was similar to some of the other running backs that the Jets have signed recently. Uh, but we're starting to think, and we're starting to build him up a little bit that, hey, he's got a lot of potential. And, and Sean Green was the 15th best back in New York uh, or in the league last year in the, with the Jets, and he's terrible. And Ivory's better than that, a good career yards per carry, but now he can't shake this injury label. Yeah. You know, you, that that kind of bugs me. Uh, Chris Ivory has a possibility of being a top ten running back. And, 
you know, everybody in the chat room can call me wrong. They can say, well, oh, man, he's he's crazy. But, no, I'm serious. Chris Ivory has the ability to be a top ten running back, fantasy points-wise, all across the board. If he's healthy, if he does the right thing. I mean, uh, he's in a perfect situation right there in New York. New York is a bad team. They're a really bad team. But here's a chance for him to say, to, to, to break out and say, I'm the guy. And it's uh, and it doesn't. It's not getting off to a to a good good start. We have to keep as Jets fans. I have to stay optimistic because there is no other option here. It's not Joe McKnight. It's probably not Mark Good uh, Mike Goodson. No. I'm I'm really hoping Ivory can turn it around and maybe get Geno Smith in there earlier before you know because we know what we have with Sanchez. Let's go with the unknown. I mean that's that's more fun to me. Let's go with the unknown. I would have rather to be honest with you. I would have rather the Jets just tank the season. Let, you know, and tank the draft and not drafted a quarterback and re, you know and grab Geno. I would have rather than just said, you know what, let's be dead last and get uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Still might happen, uh, right? Still might yeah. happen. We might end up with Teddy Bridgewater next year uh, because you know Geno Smith did fall in the draft. It's not like we we, we paid a ton. Sean uh, Sean Payton, head coach of the Saints, has high expectations for Mark Ingram. Now that's the tag. That's the headline, right? I, I read it. I was trying to sound interesting, but at the end of the day, don't you have high expectations for everybody, right? Uh, when we look at this yeah. situation, Mike, you've got Darren Sproles uh, being the number one draft uh, running back taken, and if you look at the draft board that we just put in there, uh, Darren Sproles continually goes in the second or the early third, right? If you look at the high stakes ADP, you'll see that. And he should. And he should, right? We know we know what he's going to yep. do. Uh, yep. Then you have the Pierre Thomas and the Mark Ingram, and to be honest with you, uh, I'm not so sure that that Mark Ingram is going to outperform Pierre Thomas. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me one bit, Scott. I mean, you know, both those are pretty much uh, right there together, and uh, yeah. you know, I see Darren Sproles being uh, being the back that you have to rely on uh, if if you if you need drafting. I mean. Uh, you know, he's going in, what, uh, three, 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 pretty much. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's tough tough to figure out. To, but I wouldn't uh, – Ingram, I like Ingram. Yeah, you're in a minute. You see Ivory spent the day on the bicycle today. Mobile app startup Scott Ingram is a bust. Sorry. Uh, look, that I think Pierre Thomas is the missing uh, – the kind of the hidden story here. When when Sean Payton was head coach in 2011, Pierre Thomas caught 50 balls and uh, he he rushed for five touchdowns only on 110 carries. Now you bring in Mark Ingram, and last year again, look, it was just a total mess for the Saints. Uh, Pierre Thomas uh, again stayed healthy, 15 games he played, and he caught 39 balls. Now he just needs a little bit more work uh, in the out of the backfield. So if he can get up to that 150 carry mark, this guy could be really dangerous. Uh, for fantasy yeah. owners, especially in the event of an injury. If if something happens to Sproles, I mean, it's a very good opportunity. You can do a lot worse uh, taking a guy like like Darren, uh, like Pierre Thomas. Where did, where did he go in this draft? Let's take a look for the green box here. Yeah, Pierre Thomas. Da, 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 da. Do you see him on here? Did he get drafted? Pierre Thomas? He had to be drafted. I'm looking. Right? I'm yeah, looking. he had to, he had to sure be. He yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. Round 11. Okay, mid, round 11. Mid 11th round. Yeah. So I mean, no, that, that, that yeah. just tells you, Scott. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know that what? just tells you that uh, you know, if uh, you know, if Sproles goes down, then uh, man, Pierre Thomas becomes a beast. Well, I, I, I tell you, here's what it says to me: the vigilantes drafted him right out of the out of the six hole, and they had went wide receiver heavy. Calvin Johnson, Roddy White, Reggie Wayne, three of the first four picks. They did so, get an anchor yeah. in Alfred Morris, right? Alfred Morris is the anchor. But through seven rounds, they only have one running back. In this format, the FFWC, the World Championships, you have to make sure that you're catering to your strengths and you have to start an 11-man lineup. So you have you can start up to five wide receivers. He wasn't going to chase running backs. He was going to make his strength stronger. So Roddy White is his two, Reggie Wayne is his three, Antonio Brown is his four. 
he's he's in good shape. Robert Griffin, Andy Dalton, back to back like that. Daryl Richardson taking a flyer on one of the St. Louis guys. Danny Woodhead, another guy. I like this strategy, Mike. This has been around for years, uh, since about year two when I first tried it and won my league in the World Championship. I rotated. I took my first. I took a running back early, and then I just pounded away at those wide receivers. And then you get backs like Richardson, Woodhead, Pierre Thomas, and you rotate okay. the heck out of those guys all year long. All year long, you're just rotating an RB two, trying to find the matchup for that RB two each week. It works. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I'm going to ask you this, Scott. Does it really work? I mean, when you really think about his uh, running backs, uh, Alfred Morris, and then, yep. uh, like I said, Daryl and. Uh, Move on down the line, Danny Woodhead, Pierre Thomas. I mean, yep. does that guy feel good about his uh, starting lineup every week? Well, okay, RB2 is the, is the, is the question, right? If Daryl Richardson is a starter, you're probably – I mean, look, you're, looking, you're hoping to get 10 points out of him week one because he's a total unknown. You probably don't start Danny Woodhead because Ryan Matthew, but I do know of a lot of people, some of the whispers that I'm hearing in the high-stakes world – Danny Woodhead starting to become a, a guy that said that people are saying, hey, he's the guy that's going to make that San Diego offense tick, not Ryan Matthews. Peter Thomas is that type of guy that I'm looking for that can be a contributor every single week, right? Maybe not a star because of it's a crowded right. backfield, but a contributor because he does catch the ball, he does sometimes get red zone, and he does carry the ball. He does a little bit of everything. So it's just a guy like that that I kind of like to use in an RB2 situation if I'm rotating guys out. So he's got a great tight end. He's got four really good starting wide receivers there all the way through Antonio Brown as a four. If he, he needs to start five, unfortunately, in this format, or a second tight end. That's the problem. Uh, he, he probably should have taken another skill position in the seventh round. If you're going to wait on running backs that long, that would, seventh yeah. round, you're spinning it on a quarterback. Okay, well, don't take another quarterback so early, right? There's still some good players right. there. I would have taken – oh, he just missed on – no, he could have taken Denarius Moore instead of Andy Dalton. I, to me, that's just a mistake. I would love to take a Denarius Moore there instead of an Andy Dalton and then come back maybe in the 10th and get Eli Manning. I mean, really? Is there a difference? Eli could outperform Andy Dalton any day, you know, any any week. Yeah. So, hindsight 2020, look, I, I'm, no, I'm no expert here. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I've won some cash, but look <laughs> – uh, you you no, you, no, have, to, it, you have to take advantage of draft. your lineup. Yeah, it, it's a good draft. I mean, he did uh, he fit uh, whatever he thought that was going to happen. So uh, you know, and it, it might fit. Yeah, and, and fantasy assassin says it in the chat room. Did he stop one wide receiver short? Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely what he did. If you're gonna if you're gonna play the RB two waiting game. You know that's going to happen, right? So sacrifice that. Don't try to make up for it now. In the middle of the draft when you're panicking, don't try to make up for it. Matter of fact, I probably wouldn't have even taken Darrell Richardson unless I really, really believed in him. Denario Alexander, Miles Austin, Lance Moore, he could have had any of those guys in the eighth round. And now, now he's put his hand, he's lining in the sand. He's starting five wide receivers. You're fine now. Now you're you're already relegated to, to playing that RB, uh, rotating that RB2 role all year. You didn't change that when you took Terrell Richardson, right, unless you think he's the next star, right? right. But I don't think we do. Right. He, he's not the next Jamal Charles. Uh, he could have had five wide receivers strong. With a Tony Gonzalez, with a Robert Griffin, now I'm thinking to myself, hey, this guy can start five wide receivers all day long. Maybe even take a sixth one, right? Take a sixth one like that Denarius Moore instead of that Andy Dalton pick. Now he has – a bye week filler so he can start six wide receivers. This is all about team construction, man. I'm telling you, when you're on the clock and you're looking, you start to panic about your RB2. But the bottom line is that's under the bridge. That's or water over the bridge, whatever it's called, right? You can't do anything about that. You've already, you've already punted the RB2 position, so you either have to secure that with a complete yeah. flyer late in the draft, a waiver wire gem in the year. You have to make your strength stronger. Five wide receivers. Cover it during even the bye weeks. Make sure you have – he's already got his tight end and quarterback. It's not panicking when you're on the clock. You know what? I'm taking a look at the uh, the team right next to him. Uh, uh, Craig Rubenstein, you know, it's re- it's really interesting. Uh, goes okay. running back, wide receiver, and, you know, running yeah. back, and then boom, boom, quarterback. Just so quick. And, All right. You know – 
break down his team, Scott. What do you think? Well, I mean, it sticks out like a sore thumb, right? You've got two quarterbacks, and we're looking at the uh, the, the draft and go here draft. Uh, but we're looking at two quarterbacks taken in the fourth and fifth round. It's a big, big no-no, right? Fantasy Assassins will even say it in the chat yeah. room. You, you, you're not allowed to do that in, in, a, in a regular league. You're much less allowed to do it in an 11-man starting lineup league where you have to start an extra flex every week. This is a two-flex league. Yeah, two flex with two running backs, three wide receivers, and a tight end. So you have to start an extra person there. So two quarterbacks, big no-no. Now let's see how they did. Foster, Monty, Ball, Bernard. Okay, great three running backs out of the gate. What else are you doing, right? Demarius Thomas, Cecil Shorts, Deshaun Jackson, Jordan Cameron is your starting tight end. Ryan Broyles, nice sleeper. I like I like the picks. Tyler Eifert, Fred Davis. I mean, he's got some real. High upside guys all the way through 15 rounds. Well, Michael he James, does. look, I like that. I like that. The way he went about his business is a little different. He went real high upside guys. I like the selections, actually. Uh, but when you see that quarterback, quarterback like that, you really – one of the high-stakes players was, was talk, called me on the phone the other day and said, you know what, I, I learned this from one of the uh, one of the, one of the better players. Um. And everybody knows this player's name, Sean Childs. He's a very good, well-accomplished, high-stakes player, plays fantasy baseball, writes articles uh, yeah. just for the for the fantasy uh, high-stakes player in mind, and, and daily games, too. Does a fantastic job on some of the daily game write-ups. Uh, and he was talking about the strategy of uh, quarterback drafting uh, when you have one already and noticing that other people are waiting. There's a couple of guys that are waiting up for that quarterback and it, that, you know, they're just waiting a little 10th, 9th, 10th round. He said, be that guy or, or somehow or another, he inferred that says, Hey, don't be afraid to take that quarterback in that 10th or 11th round or whatever it is that you're at. When you right. see that somebody's right. waiting, if you get that last one, you've just eliminated uh, one of your opponents. And it works in those leagues that where you're just having to compete against 11 other people, not in the championship formats where you're competing against hundreds and hundreds of other people. But in the individual leagues, when you only have to face 11 other guys, <laughs> excuse me, you've right. crippled a team. You you basically crippled a team by taking that second quarterback. So I'm, 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 I'm okay with it, but not in the fifth round when it's already Drew Brees. Yeah. It, yeah, I can see that because, uh, you know, he went back to back and uh, – but I'm starting to see these uh, quarterbacks falling, and then they're starting to rise up again. Uh, you know, you, you got guys like Kaepernick and uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, you know, I'd be kind of curious to, to the chat room, which uh, you know, wh- which uh, rookie quarterback is gonna is gonna fall. I mean, which one is gonna be uh, is gonna spread out and not do the sophomore jinx? I mean. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying out of the out of the stud quarterbacks from last year's rookie class, which one is not gonna return to uh, yeah. dominance? Is that what you mean? Like who who might who might, uh, yeah, who might yeah, bust yeah, out those guys? Like a, like a, yeah, like a Russell Wilson, your Andrew Luck, uh, your RG three. Uh, I mean, which one is gonna fall and which one uh, can step up? I mean, I'm not talking about the drafting position. I'm talking about the the results, what we get yeah. from them. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? Go ahead, chat room. Uh, if there's any of those guys that you think are going to fall uh, down this year, definitely put it in the chat room. I don't think any of them are going to fall down. I think they're all excellent quarterbacks. It was a very rare class. You're not seeing that type of class this year. Look, you've got E.J. Manuel and Geno Smith, and, you know, it's a very weak class in, in, in comparison to what we saw last year with, with really what I consider to be real potential superstars in this league for the next 10 years. Uh, so, so we'll see. We do have some some questions in the chat room. Uh, conversation about. Uh, let's see. I want to catch up here. Uh, something about Probably Ryan like, Broyles I saw earlier. Something about a Ryan Broyles. You know about a Ryan Broyles, right? Yeah, I know about I know about Ryan Broyles. Uh, yeah. So Ryan yep. Broyles, he he tore the ACL at Oklahoma. I really like the kid. And he and again he comes into the NFL and. He starts to quickly show why the Lions made him a second-round pick, and he finished with, you know, a couple of touchdowns, a couple of hundred yards, and 
now he tears his other ACL in early December last year, and it brought hey. his season to an end. And the good news that I'm hearing, you know, Broyles, he already seems to have made a lot of progress in his recovery, and he was able to take part in the Lions minicamp in June. Um, once Broyles is 100% healthy, he'll be expected to serve, you know, as that wide receiver too, uh, or a compliment to Nate Burleson and Calvin Johnson there. So, it's a great opportunity. The problem is injuries, and when you have two injuries like that, it's almost like a Denario Alexander. You love to be able to trust the guy, but after four or five, you know, knee surgeries, you know, what do you, what what kind of a faith can you have in him? I, I really like Ryan Brooks. He's a dynasty uh, hold for me. You want to hang on to him. Don't let him go. Uh, he's one of those guys that uh, is intriguing, especially in that in that Stafford offense. Now, Mike, I want to want to stop for a second and post something in the chat room for everybody. This is just a simple list uh, that we put on FF Toolbox. The third-year wide receivers, you, you know the you know the story, right? Uh, yep. Wide receivers, there's a, there's a common belief among, you know, the fantasy game that there's a breakout potential in the third year. And I put a link to this list in the chat room, and I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to read off some of the names, and you tell me if they may break out or not. In the third year, okay. we've got 32 uh, active wide receivers whose rookie year was 2011. And I'm just going to write, read the names, and if there's anybody that interests you, you just stop me. Uh, okay, you ready to play? Here we go. Ready. Uh, Emmanuel Arsenal, Doug Baldwin, John Baldwin, Armin Benz, Vincent Brown, Stephen Burton. Randall Cobb. Well, we know about Randall Cobb. Camden Dog. Okay. Who was it? Keep going. Okay. Randall Cobb. Uh, oh, I thought you, you didn't mention Vincent Brown. I thought you might. I thought Vincent Brown might uh, get on the radar. No, 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 not so much. Not yet. Not yet. Keep going. They're, they're they're saying all the right things about Vincent Brown. This is a guy that couldn't be healthy as well, but. At the end of the day, this is this is a guy that could make a big difference for uh, Rivers. Rivers needs Rivers needs something. Yeah, Rivers needs Rivers. Okay, keep going. <laughs> uh, let me I'm let me curious. read you what we let me let me read you what uh, the um, the the label is on Vincent Brown, the 2013 outlook at FF Toolbox. Super sleeper, high risk potential. Brown is a super sleeper. We have not seen him on the field in a while, given his severely broken ankle that kept him sidelined all 2012. San Diego's training staff is keeping Brown's return to action slow-paced, but it appears he will be ready for action as camp comes. Reports state that Brown will compete for wideout two and three positions with Meacham, Floyd, and Keenan Allen. I don't think that's much competition there. Meacham, Floyd, and Keenan Allen. I like Keenan Allen, but not as a rookie. I like Brown's speed. I think he has a shot at the number three wide opposition. He could be productive fantasy-wise if provided the right opportunities. Uh, and, look, you have Denario Alexander. Let me show you where he's been going in some of the expert mock drafts on our website. Uh, DLF takes him at 10-8, right. and he says Brown I'll is a bit of a risky you. pick. Hold on just a second. Let me finish. This is my little, seg- this is my little segment here. Okay. Brown is a okay. bit of a risky pick here, but his upside is undeniable. If he performs even halfway up to his expectations, then grabbing him in the tent could help my team a lot. BFD Fantasy takes him at 9-11. FF Magic Man takes him at 9-9 and says, Vincent Brown was nothing short of spectacular in his preseason games last year. A broken ankle derailed his season, but he is healthy now. And a new coaching regime will have that charger offense hitting on cylinders that haven't dusted off in several years. I expect him to be a household name by the time this season is complete. Oh. And finally... From Draft Sharks, uh, who participated in our expert mock draft, they took him at 10-5. So you can see he's going everywhere in around the ninth or 10th round. A broken ankle wiped out Brown's second season, but the whole team gets a restart under the new staff of head coach Mike McCoy. Brown has drawn praise and climbed the depth chart this offseason. The next Denario Alexander injury might be the only thing standing between Brown and San Diego's number one wide receiver spot in 2013. So now, Mike, you gave me that time. I'll give you yours. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't believe in Vincent Brown. He's been a uh, enigma, so to speak. So uh, I, I, I really don't see uh, much happening with him. Uh, and it's got to start with Philip Rivers. It's it has to start with Philip Rivers. Uh, that team has not uh, been the same because Philip mm-hmm. Rivers is not. Uh, he's not a winning quarterback. I'm, I mean, I got to see something. That, 
that's going to tell me this guy wants to win. Other names on the list that I found intriguing, obviously we said Randall Cobb, that's everybody's breakout. And, you know, when I hear that again, I just want to reach through the TV and grab, you know, grab somebody. Just I'm like, what are you doing calling Randall Cobb your breakout player? Because he already broke out. Last year he broke yeah. out. Last year yeah, he broke out. Yeah, he's not a breakout out, so. player. Yeah, so uh, here we go. Um, we see Andrew Hawkins here. Leonard Hankerson for Washington. We haven't seen hardly anything of him yet. Julio Jones, he already broke out. Greg Little, been a big disappointment. Keep your eye on Greg Little. Denarius Moore is another name. Joseph Morgan for New Orleans. Uh, Austin Pettis gets his shot this year with St. Louis. Cecil Shorts kind of already broke out last year. Then you got Torrey Smith. So, any other names kind of jumping out at you there, Mike? I like Denarius Moore. I'm kind of looking at this kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, re- I really am. I mean, he might not be really a, quote, breakout guy, but uh, in my opinion, uh, I mean, he's got speed. He's got speed to burn, uh, and this guy can, uh, you know, if he's putting this. If he's put in the right situation, Scott, I really believe that Denarius Moore is going to be. Uh, if there's any breakout guy at wide out, that's guy. Well, look, you know, we we know what we got from Denarius Moore last year. If we're expecting him to go above and beyond that, uh, I think I kind of agree with Sean Larrabee, his write-up here from FF Toolbox. He said he caught 51 balls last year and, and 30 the year before. Don't count on him making the leap this year with ongoing instability at quarterback and on the offensive line. So I think that kind of has to play come into play here. You've got a wide receiver that has the potential because he did move from 30 to 50 catches, right? That's a nice improvement from year one to year two, right? That's great. Yeah. And he was serving yeah. as kind of the pseudo 1-1-A there with Darius Hayward Bay. Now he really gets his chance to shine, but you have uncertainty at the quarterback position. So, if you look at the mock drafts that are going on on our website right there, he went at 11-11, he went at 9-12, uh, 8-10, 9-12, you yeah. know, somewhere around that 8th, ninth round. Uh, so I'm not so sure if you can get a, um, a, a you know, a third-year breakout. I will, read, I will read this. It says, Moore can give you a 20-point game, but he can also give you a four-point game. I think that kind of yeah. – uh, I think that kind of uh, says yeah, Denarius Moore. You know, the, I like him more in draft no, masters. There's no doubt about it, Scott. There's, that uh, you know he's not going to be your week in and week out player that you want to plug in. But uh, the fun thing about uh, like uh, FFWC and what you what you guys are doing is it's it's eleven man starting lineup. You know you got a bunch of flexes, and so he could be uh, it could be a matchup thing to where. Uh, you know, it's like, holy cow! I've got uh, I've got the Raiders and such and such going against uh, what team, and he can, you can plug him in, and uh, it can work out. Yeah, Bolaf start up in the chat room says, "What about Hankerson? Whatever happened to him?" And you know, he's a guy that I can talk about. He's a third-year wide receiver. I drafted him in several of the dynasty leagues. And if you remember, this is the guy that Mel Kiper rated yep. the third best wide receiver in the 2011 class. I mean, out of this class, but behind only A.J. Green and Julio Jones, he said, hey, 6'2", 210, ran a 4'4", 40 uh, at the combine, and just a real physical player, 14 bench reps, all, you know, all this kind of stuff they were talking about him. And terrible injuries, you know, not, it seemed like he had an injury the first year, a torn labrum. Uh, then it was over. The instant the season was over, and then he returned in 2012, and now he had, you know, a, a new a new system to learn. So you had two systems in your first two years, and injuries to boot. So now you you have a shot at you know being a little bit more consistent here in this year to see what he could do. He's got the size, he's got the speed. He's there in his third year. It may be his last season to really prove what he's made of. He's going to be watched. We're all going to take a look at him. Garcon is not really always a picture of health. Um, no. So I think Hankerson is actually right where he needs to be. He just has to make that leap. And there could be a breakout there uh, for Hankerson, especially with a, with a quarterback like RG3 who can just pinpoint it anywhere he wants on the field. I wouldn't give up on it. You know, Scott, I wouldn't give up on Scott I, I, I hate to say this, but uh, I think uh, RG3 is going to stick – Take a step back this uh, this year. 
uh, Hangerson, uh, I, I see all of Washington taking a step back. I think RG3 is a, an incredible player, but I just do not see the production coming out of that team uh, fantasy-wise this year that I did last year. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember reading something about um, the Washington Reed option uh, offense that they had to learn, and it's a very difficult offense for wide receivers to learn. Josh Morgan's been in the league a long time, and he said that the system takes time for receivers to master uh, because there are so many responsibilities per play for each of the wide receivers, so it takes a while. So you think back to Hankerson, yeah. the injury the first year, uh, the second year comes in, he's got this new offensive system. But, look, he had a pretty decent year. I mean, 500 yards, a couple of touchdowns. That's better than a lot of the rookies or, or a lot of the breakouts that we know now, like the Brandon Marshalls. Uh, he didn't have that good of a year in his year two. So, I'm just saying, I'm not telling what? you that he's going to be that. But when you have pedigree, like Jonathan Baldwin does. Jonathan Baldwin has pedigree. He's another wide receiver has pedigree. He just hasn't really looked good at all running rounds. You know, that's his problem. Uh, but I wouldn't give up on Hankerson, and I wouldn't trade. This is about the time when a shark in your fantasy league trades for Hankerson. Uh, you get him as a throw-in. So, like, you're, you're looking at your dynasty trades, and you're you're going after player A, and somebody's willing to give you player B. And you get him to throw in Hankerson as, like, a flyer, you know, a lot of times because he's just basically worth nothing, and they want to get the deal done, and you, you stick him in there. And then if they, bat, yeah. if, they, if they bat an eye or something, you offer him a third-round pick or something to kind of square it up. Look, I just want to, I want to get a little bit more depth there. And, that's a kind of a sneaky guy. Any of those third-year guys that have been sitting there not doing much because of all these other reasons, still there's opportunity there, and, there, and there's upside. So, Yeah, that, that, that's the type of guy that you want to plug in, and it's like, okay, here we go. And uh, just take it, take him and run, and uh, next thing you know, he puts together a ton of fantasy points for you. Uh, question in the chat room. Hey, Scott, you think Morris is going to have 1,600 yards? I don't. Maybe 13. Well, nope. uh, it's easy to easy to say what I'm going to think. My rankings are up on FF Toolbox. You can check those out, and we're going to try to keep the, the title this year. Uh, I have uh, – look, you do have Shanahan, right? I mean, that's always an issue. Anytime you have uh, that guy, 1,400 yards seems very reasonable for Morris. 1,450 is what I haven't projected at, 311 carries. So he's going to have a – Another solid year uh, if you're Alfred Morris. They're talking about him catching the ball better, 4.7 yards per carry. That's that's pretty impressive for any running back. And if he gets another 300-carry season this far out of the gate, I'm a little skeptical because usually backs just don't come out of nowhere and start 300-carry seasons. I mean, Aaron Foster, right, he's won. But for an un, uh, for an unheralded running back to, to come out with 300-carry carries on a year is first year 330 and then back it up with another 300 yard uh, 300 carry season it's a little rare right and i don't know if that's because they break down mike or or what but you still got Roy Lee there too that uh, was heck of a playmaker well scott you know there's there's two ways to think about this uh uh you know alfred morris uh he got uh drafted in the second round on this draft that i'm looking at and uh but you have to understand that uh washington uh, the Redskins, as they are now, uh, they're a they're a work in progress, and they're a very good team. They're very very good team. You know, you you think about the, what RG three is doing, uh, spreading the ball around with the wide receivers, and uh, Alfred Morris. I mean, he's not the most electrifying uh, running back in the league, but man, he can get it done, and he can get it done around the goal line too. So. Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see him uh, just stay steady uh, in round two. Um, you know, when when it comes uh, September, when it's time for the high stakes leagues. All right, guys. Uh, Thirteen minutes left in the program. Uh, we're going to finish this off with a a look at the uh, the simulator that we talked about. I'm going to tell you. Uh, I'm on the clock right now in the simulator. I just started the draft, Mike, and I'm going to tell you who went. Uh, in the draft, and you helped me pick this, uh, pick pick the guys here in these uh, in these rounds. You ready? So Arian Foster is there at the five pick. I'm up at number five. And if you have, if you draw the five pick, here's what could happen to you: Adrian Peterson is gone, Doug Martin two, Jamal Charles three, C.J. Spiller four. So your options are Calvin Johnson, Arian Foster, McCoy, Rice, 
Or Richardson. Calvin. Calvin. All right. See, now I like that. I would go Calvin, too. I, I would go Calvin yep. in the chat room. Uh, I'd like to know what you guys would do, but I, I'm taking Calvin. Now, the, the simulator yep. keeps going and picking all the players, right? And you have, uh, and I'm going to put a simulator here in the chat room for you guys. You can you can pick your draft slot. Uh, but here we go. I'm going to pick, uh, I'm, I'm on the clock at 2-8. And the, the regulars went. Foster, McCoy, Rice, Richardson, Lynch, Green, Forte, all those guys. Jimmy Graham, Marshall's gone. Steven Jackson, Des Bryant's gone. Fitzgerald, Alfred Morris, Demarius Thomas is gone. And now you're on the clock at 2-8. And here's who's there, Mike. Lamar Miller. Uh, yeah, Lamar Miller's there. Um, Julio Jones is there. Andre Johnson. Roddy White. Randall Cobb. Reggie Bush. Go up that running back, man. You got to go I'm running taking, back. I'm not, I'm not taking Lamar Miller when Julio Jones is there. Okay, so let's just in there. But I've got Calvin Johnson. I understand what you're saying. i got to get my running backs, right? Yep. I, I you better go backs, Lamar I'm, Miller. I'm gonna you're going to be stuck with nothing. I'm going to take my running backs later. I'm going to take Julio Jones because I like okay. the combination of Calvin and Julio. Now, okay. in the third round, the only two running backs that win between me and them is Darren Sproles and Reggie Bush. So I can still get the guy here. And you, I want to tell you, though, that Chris Johnson and MJD are still there at 3-5. Chris Johnson, MJD. Lamar Miller. If you get if you get Chris Johnson, oh, that's a coup d'état. All right, so we'll, we'll take Chris Johnson. I don't really like him, but I'll, let's go ahead and take him. Uh, some quarterbacks are going, wide receivers are going, a couple more running backs. Darren McFadden, and NJD went. Now it's at four eight. Four eight. I can still get Demarco Murray or Lamar Miller or Frank Gore. Well, I tell you what, I would take Demarco Murray right now. All right. So we got Demarco Murray, Dallas. Chris Johnson, Julio, and Calvin right now. Yeah, Dallas. Dallas is committed like with Demarco Murray. I like this team. I like it a lot. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, okay, so look, uh, Mobile Hat was saying I should have went Calvin, Bush, MJD, and Murray. So I would have had three running backs, but I have Calvin and Julio, and still two pretty good running backs, Chris Johnson and Demarco. So I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about this team so far. Fifth round is up. I could take uh, – let me let me hide the, uh, the the people that were drafted. Okay. Ooh, then it's David Wilson already still in the fifth because people are – I don't know why this draft he's falling, but he's falling. I can get David what Wilson What about Greg Jennings, man? What about Greg Jennings, man? I'm, I'm loving not, this guy right now. You're not serious. Yeah, I'm Greg very Jennings? serious. Yes. No. Wow. He's way down on the list, man. He's nowhere to be found, that guy, man. He's – Jeez, I don't even know what to say about that. Oh, are you uh, sure? This is the Le'Veon Bell, David Wilson. I'm going to go with David Wilson. I like this. He's my he's my RB3 along with Calvin and Julio. I love this team. By the time I'm done, I've got a winner here. I've got a, I've got a winner, Mike. Okay, now this is where it gets tough. Here's, here's, where, here's, where, here's where teams win or lose, Mike. Uh, we yep. have options in the sixth round. Remember, we have three running backs, Chris Johnson, DeMarco Murray, David Wilson. We have Calvin and Julio. We're on to our sixth guy. We're on to our sixth guy, and we have to decide between uh, Jeremy Macklin. It uh, seems a little too early for him. Uh, James go Jones. Ahead. Go, go uh, ahead. I don't like that. Uh, Chris Ivory, Ahmad Bradshaw, I don't really like that. There's Shane Vereen. You know, a lot of people are eyeing on Shane Vereen, right? That's a name that you hear, and everybody's drafting him in the fifth and sixth round, but I've already got three yeah. good running backs. I, I want to get another wide receiver. How about James Jones? James Jones is no? your guy, man. I, I was just I was getting ready to jump in there, Scott. James Jones is your guy. I mean, okay. if uh, Jordy and, and Randall Cobb aren't getting dumped, James Jones is always good. He's always yeah. good for one or two games. Yeah, he's he not is, more he than impressive. You know, the quarterbacks have actually been going pretty healthy in here. We're already down to uh, quarter. Let's see, quarter. Rogers went, Breeze and Brady in the third. Cam Newton and Peyton Manning in the fourth. Matt Ryan in the fifth, and then Stafford, Griffin, and Russell Wilson went in the sixth. Tony Romo went in the seventh. I can still get Luck or Kaepernick as my quarterback. I think I think I better uh, get my guy. It's amazing how that works out. Yeah, I think I better take Andrew Luck, man. 
I'm going to take Andrew yeah, Luck. So it's I'm amazing how it works out. Chris Johnson, DeMarco Murray, David Wilson. My wide receivers are Calvin, Julio, and James Jones. And uh, let's see, tight end time. No, you know, the tight ends just aren't there. Uh, you know, it's already Vernon so Davis already what, gone. What, what, what round Jared were you talking Cook, about, Scott? We're in, the, we're in the eighth round. Kyle Rudolph's gone. Brandon Meyer's okay. gone. Eighth round. We we need to keep firing dude, away at wide receivers. Dude. Yeah, you could hold off. You could hold off, man. I mean, you, you're going to get uh, – there's plenty of quarterbacks. Wow. Look at these guys left. Can I – can I take Josh Gordon or T.Y. Hilton? Who would you take, Gordon or T.Y. Hilton? Uh, I would take T.Y. Hilton. That's a safe play. Olsen's gone That's in the chat on mobile app. Mobile app uh, Greg Olson is gone. I would take Olson. The best tight ends available are Owen Daniels, Finley, Martellus Bennett. That's really it. The wide receivers are I'm not reading. T.Y. Hilton, Anquan I, Bolden, Josh Gordon, Lance Moore, Denario Alexander. Can you of those guys? I'm, I'm between take- T.Y. T.Y. Hilton or uh, Anquan Bolden? Yeah, Hilton, Gordon, Bolden. This is my number four. I T.Y. Right? Yeah. Man, I T.Y. Bolden's going to have a – yeah, I like T.Y. too. Hmm. See, so you only get a minute and a half on the clock in Vegas, man. You don't have a lot of time to sit here and contemplate this. That's right. That's right. We're assuming uh, late. Gordon, I like Gordon, uh, we're, Gordon we're looked like he was on the verge of being a star. I'm going to go with mobile app startup and you, and I'm going to take T.Y. Hilton. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take T.Y. as my number four. Yeah. Good call. Okay, I feel good about that. Good, yeah, that's my number four. Okay, I like that. T.Y. is my four. Good I feel call. good that I can put him in. I've got three good running backs. I've got Andrew Luck. Yep. And the top people on the board right now are Kaepernick, Denario Alexander, Kendall Wright, Finley, Bennett, Pede. Hmm. You know, Pede's supposed to be a play. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not spending this high of a pick on Pede. No, no, no. Uh, you no. know, I'm hearing good things about Brian Hartline. Everybody is talking about Mike Wallace. There's no chemistry yeah. with. There's no chemistry with Tannehill and Wallace right now. Tannehill's throwing the Hartline all day long. How many running backs you got right now, Scott? How many running backs? I'm taking this, I'm taking Denario Alexander. I think he's pretty solid for my five. Right? He could be a really solid guy. I got three running backs. There's Pierre okay. Thomas well, sitting there. He's good there. Yeah. Pierre Thomas? Yeah. Mm. I'm gonna take a wide receiver. I'm gonna take Denario Alexander. I like the fact Are that you I'm, sure? only yeah, nice, yeah. I'm only spending a nice round yeah. pick on him. Well, you you got to understand there's plenty of wide receivers to go around. Oh, man, I see another wide receiver. That's true. That's true. If I had it to do over again, I would have taken Michael Floyd and Pierce. I would have taken Michael Floyd and Bernard Pierce, but that didn't happen. I messed up. Now, see, now I'm feeling bad. I'm kicking myself because wide receivers are deep. You're right. They're they're so deep. Let me get my tight end. Let me get my tight end. Uh, man, there's so many tight ends. I don't really need to even t- – I love all these tight ends. Late. Look, look, there's Petting Zoo right there. There's Petting Zoo. Give me the Petting Zoo. All right, I took, I took Pettigrew in the 10th. I don't like that pick. Very productive in PPR, though. Um, okay, 11th round. Bernard Pierce is still there, dude. Bryce Brown is still there. Uh Ben Tate is there. I could, you know, Danny Woodhead's there, man. Hey, man, do you need a, if you need a tight end, how about Brandon Myers? Is he gone? Uh, Myers was gone, yes. I looked for him. I looked for him. Damn. Nobody's taken for Michael Finley at all. Nobody's taken Finley. It seems like he still hmm. falls. And this was a guy that, are we all sleeping on? I'm going to take Finley. You know what? I'm going to take him. Uh, there's no sure? chance what, that he what, finally what? gets things together with You'll with, take, with, you'll uh, take with him ahead, ahead of Bennett? Is Bennett gone? Martell's Bennett oh, gone? Bennett, yeah. yeah, Bennett. Okay. Bennett, right. uh, Bennett was gone, yeah. He went one pick right in front of me, yeah. Uh, okay, well, look, this, this is the kind of fun you can have when you, uh, when you use the simulator and you can draft your squad. Uh, and I and I sent everybody in the chat room to it. So if you're drafting right now, congratulations! It's fun. Uh, Get Paddle wants to know when's the mock site for five dollar deal. Very likely that's going to be launching this weekend, Greg. Uh, five, for five dollars, you're going to have a chance at a Vegas experience. Uh, we're talking penthouse suites at the Mirage. We're talking airfare. We're talking uh, 
spending cash, you know, $1,000 spending cash and a seat at the main event. So if you've ever been wanting to be on the main event and you never did want to pony up that much money to do it for 5 bucks, you know, it's worth a shot. Plus, we have an option. Yeah. If you want to up it to 25 if you really like your team, there's a $25 option where you can battle for league prizes. And so you're against league, uh, you're against a little small group of league prizes, and you can win a main event seat if you beat the league, mate. So pretty fun. Yeah. Thank you guys for being part of Red vs. Blue. Mike, some closing words from you, man. Hey, man, thanks a lot, Scott, and uh, looking forward to Rotobo and uh, everything that FFWC has to offer. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Go to rotobo.com. There's still spots available. We've got two spots left in the second Rotobo slow draft that's signing up on our message board. Two spots left. Go to rotobo.com, sign up, and we'll get you in, and you'll be drafting as early as tonight or tomorrow in our ninth annual Rotobo. See you guys next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.